in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Today is Lazarus Saturday, in which we commemorate the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. And after one week, we will celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the death. And between these two resurrections, we have the Holy Week. Is there any significance of this structure? You celebrate the resurrection of Lazarus, then the Holy Week, and end by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. In order to understand the significance of this, we need to compare the resurrection of Lazarus with the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Lazarus came from the tomb, he actually came clothed and wrapped with the grave clothes. Even the handkerchief on his face was there. And the Lord told them, lose him and let him go. But when the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he rose from the dead while the grave clothes were left in the tomb. He did not come out with the grave clothes. And when Peter and John went to the tomb, they saw the grave clothes folded and was placed in its place carefully. And the handkerchief on the face of the Lord was placed alone in a different place. What is the significance of this? Lazarus rose by a mortal body, the same body. The nature of his body did not change. That's why he died again. He left so many years and he died. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he rose from the dead, he rose with the glorified body. The body with which all of us will be risen in the second coming. That's why St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 said about the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the first fruit of the departed. Although we know that Lazarus was risen before the Lord Jesus Christ, although we know the son of the widow at the city of Nain was risen before the Lord Jesus Christ, the daughter of Jairus was risen before the Lord Jesus Christ, but why Jesus was called the first fruit of those who rose from the dead? Because he is the first one who rose from the dead with the glorified body, the body of resurrection. And St. Paul said, as Jesus rose from the dead with the glorified body, all of us will be risen with the same glorified body. Even he told us, I will tell you a mystery. Not all of us will die. Meaning what? If the Lord Jesus Christ returned now, now is the second coming, we are still alive. So what will happen to us in a twinkling of an eye, in a moment, we will be changed into the glorified body. That's why he said, here is a mystery I will tell you. We will not all die, 
But we will all change. All of us will be changed into the glorified body. Also, we read in the book of Revelation, Blessed is he who has portion in the first resurrection, upon whom the second death has no power. What does this mean? What is the first resurrection? And what is the second death? And if we are speaking about first resurrection, then there is first death. And if we are speaking about second resurrection, then there is second death. First death is the death of sin. As the Lord said to one of the angels of the book of Revelation, you have names that you are alive, but you are dead. And as we read in John chapter 5, the hour has come and now is when the dead hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So the first death is the death of sin. And the first resurrection will be the resurrection of repentance. Second death is the eternal death. And second resurrection, it is the resurrection when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, those who will be risen with the glorified body and inherit the kingdom of God. That's why the book of Revelation says, Blessed is he who has portion in the first resurrection, who lived the life of repentance, upon whom the second death, the eternal damnation, has no power. So, the resurrection of Lazarus that we are celebrating today represents the first resurrection, which is the resurrection from the death of sin. And the resurrection of Christ is actually our second resurrection. So, the church from today is preparing us to the Feast of Resurrection. From today, the Church is telling us we need to be risen with ladders from the death of sin. If we are abiding in sin, then we are dead, although we may be physically alive. As the Lord said, you have name that you are alive, but you are dead. The death of sin. In order actually to participate in the first resurrection, we need repentance, confession, baptism, chrismation, communion. All these sacraments are essential for our participation in the resurrection of repentance. And we need to live a godly life. And we need to let Christ to reign in our hearts. That's why tomorrow we will celebrate Hosanna Sunday, in which the people actually received the Lord Jesus Christ as their king. Hosanna in the highest. This is the king of Israel. In their mind, he was an earthly king. He came 
to restore the kingdom of David. But we, the believers, we know better. We know that Jesus said, My kingdom is not from this world. His heavenly king reigns in our heart. So the journey starts today by repentance and dedicating your heart to God. Then actually you need to let the Lord Jesus Christ reign in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, in every single area in your life. Nothing is excluded. To reign over my life means I do everything for Him and by Him. To do everything according to His law and for His glory. That's what it means to let Him reign over my life. And once the Lord enters my life, we who are struggling with sin and with the temptation, God actually will cleanse me from the temptation. Like when He entered Jerusalem, the first thing He did, He went into the temple and He cleansed the temple. He cleanses the temple twice. The first time, you read it in John chapter 2, in the beginning of his ministry. And the second time, on the next day of Hosanna Sunday, after he entered Jerusalem. So we need to allow the Lord to enter our heart and reign my heart, so he can cleanse my heart from all the filthiness of this world and to make me a pure heart for Him. Some people will allow Christ to reign over them, but in a hypocritical way, not sincerely. They will say, yes, Christ is my King, I'm a believer. And they may do some practices, may they pray, go to church, take communion, but as the Lord said, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts is far away from me. That's why with cleansing the temple, another incident happened, which is cursing the fig tree. The fig tree represents the hypocrites, because when the Lord saw the fig tree, he found many, many leaves, but there was no fruit. It is the life of a hypocrite person who has many leaves, many activities. But these activities are external. There is no fruit in his heart. He did not carry the fruit of the Holy Spirit in his heart. We need to let the Lord reign in our heart sincerely, genuinely, not like the hypocrites but in a faithful way. And when the Lord actually enters my heart and reign over me, He will teach me, He will enlighten my mind. As He spent the Tuesday, the whole day in the temple, teaching and answering the questions of the people. Some people benefited from His teaching, others did not, others came just to test Him. And when he spoke about them, they start to make 
a conspiracy how to kill him and to get rid of him. God gave us the Bible, his word, to teach us, to enlighten us. Where the Bible in my life? Where it's a place in my life? The word of God. Do I know the word of God? How can you say the Lord reigns in me and I'm living the life of repentance? I'm in total estrangement from the word of God. The word of God is not only to let me know the commandment of God in intellectual way, no. The word of God is a living word, living word, piercing into my heart, transforming me and changing me. As St. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is sharper than two-edged sword. The process of cleansing is through the word of God. As the Lord said to the disciples, you are pure because of the word that I've spoken to you. Then on Wednesday, the church makes a comparison between two persons. One person is Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, who received gifts of the Holy Spirit who performed many miracles, who was able to cast out demons. But he did not allow God to reign completely over his heart. As I said a few minutes ago, nothing is excluded. But Judas kept part in his heart, not under the reign of Christ. A part that loved money. That's why he betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ and delivered him for 30 pieces of silver. On the other side, we have this sinful woman who brought an alabaster flux of a very costly fragrant oil. The assessment was 300 denarii and one denarii was a wage of a worker per day. So in order to understand 300 denarii means how much if the wage of a worker today can say $50 so 300 denarii means $15,000 so she brought this fragrant oil that cost $15,000 and she poured it on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ as expression of her love expression of her repentance, expression that the Lord reigned over her heart completely. Nothing is excluded. So here we have one of the disciples betrayed the Lord for few dollars, 30 pieces of silver, just few less than $100. And we have this lady who let the Lord reign over her heart. And actually she poured this very costly because she loved much. And the journey of the Holy Week goes to the Covenant Thursday in which the Lord washed the feet of the disciples. So he came actually to wash our sins because in our spiritual journey 
our spiritual feet get, get dirty. So washing the feet here symbolizing washing our sins. So the Lord understands that we as weak human beings, we may fall. But every time we fall, we need to rise up again and to live the life of repentance. And He is willing to wash my feet. He is willing to wash my sins and purify me. Every time I come to the Lord, confessing my sins, asking His forgiveness, He will forgive me. Not only the Lord wants me to be pure and clean, but also He wanted to be united with me. That's why on Thursday, He gave us His body and His blood. Take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is my blood. Maybe many of us, the ultimate goal for them is to be saved. To be saved means to go to heaven and to escape the lake of fire. Maybe that's ultimate goal for some of us. But for God, the ultimate goal is not only our salvation, but our union with Him, to be one with Him. That's why He described Himself as the groom and who are the bride. And the two shall become one. Then actually, if I am one with Him, in order to be glorified with Him, I need to suffer with Him and to carry my cross. As the Lord said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, carry your cross, follow me. And this brings us to Friday. Carrying the cross in this world. We are not of this world. And the world now is getting more evil every day. Every day is getting more evil. And we feel that we have no place here in the world. We are persecuted in this world. You cannot defend the biblical values and the biblical morals. Everything became against Christ, against the Bible, against Christianity. But this doesn't bother us. It's a cross that we carry here in order to be glorified with Him. Even if the world did not accept us, even if the world did not love us, we should know that they did the same with the Lord Jesus Christ. They crucified him after all the goodness that he did to each one of them. And we need actually to say with St. Paul, I am crucified with Christ. By whom the world is crucified to me, I am crucified to the world. The world cannot tempt me because the world is crucified to me. And I am crucified to the world means... I don't desire anything from the world. I die to the world as the Lord died on the cross. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And we are considered dead to the world. Dead to the world. But we are alive in spirit to God. Those who started this journey 
The journey that started by the life of repentance, the resurrection of Lazarus, letting the Lord reign over your heart, Hosanna Sunday, letting the Lord cleanse my heart, the purification of the temple, not living a hypocritical life like the fig tree, but bearing the fruit of the Spirit in my heart, listening to the word of God, which purify me and cleanse me, and not doing like Judas, who kept part in his heart for the love of money, but I do like the other lady who gave all her love or her life when actually she poured this very costly ointment on the head of the Lord. Christ will understand and he understands my weakness. So every time when I sin, he come and wash my feet, wash my sins, grant me forgiveness of my sins. And as I said, he wants to commune with me, to be one with me, to unite me with himself. So we'll become one. In this oneness, I am crucified with him. I will suffer with him in order to be glorified with him. In this oneness, I will die to the world because I am not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are strangers here. Then the person who started this journey and completed the journey, then in the second coming of Christ, he will enjoy the second resurrection. Resurrection with the glorified body, the reigning in the kingdom of heaven forever with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is our journey. That's why I told you there are two resurrections. And between the two resurrections, the Holy Week, which actually explain our journey in this world. So let's start this week step by step with the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we celebrate the Feast of Resurrection and we say Christ is risen, truly He is risen, this will be my resurrection. As we say in the Litany for the Gospel, for you are the resurrection of us all. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.